0: episode
1: 50 of my higher podcast. Here we are. 50 we are deep. 50 deep. All yeah, right. We cool. are. Yeah, no, it's very exciting. We've uh yeah, it's just been a blur this past year and god, episode 50 already. I know. I'm super pumped. But today we're diving into a topic that is very dear to my heart. Very dear to my heart. <laughs> but it, it's probably one of the most famous stories that has to do with UFO and aliens. Probably of all time and it has to do with the Scientist Bob Lazar, Mm -hmm. which if you've never heard his story before Prepare to have your mind blown today And it may make you more of a believer in UFO and aliens or it might turn you the other way And you might think that Bob's story is just complete bullshit. You may think that it's just Not a big deal whatsoever and I mean the reason why we even care about Bob is because Bob when he came out years ago he basically came forward. came forward came out that yes. Yeah, that's like forward. Kind of yeah, different. <laughs> no, Bob came, came forward, forward with this info. Basically saying that he had worked at Area 51 and worked with UFOs and all these other types of things. So that is what we were talking about today, yes. which is very exciting. So
0: Yeah, and the main reason we wanted to talk about it is there's a new movie that just came out that's been getting a lot of attention and
1: a little documentary When did it film. come out? Like, uh, it came out at the beginning or end of last year, I think.
0: Okay, so well so like a month ago, mm-hmm. okay yeah, it's, mm. a,
1: it's just a, it's a documentary by uh, filmmaker Jeremy Corbell. He covers a lot of these types of topics like skinwalker Ranch things which we still need to do that so mm-hmm. but all these interesting types of things, so yeah, of course we saw this and inspired us to make a podcast about it because it's a very interesting story indeed. so, it is. that is what we are diving into today, so let's get right into things. This week's Patreon question comes from Maddie, and she asks a very important question. Do you believe the oil industry purposely tries to prevent alternative energy sources from becoming widely used? that's a this is like five different questions in one, but Yes, is my answer to that. Yes. I think it's pretty much well. proven. Yeah, and uh, Definitely something that I think requires its own episode at some point too Because we can go into all of the fuckery at the oil industry and, and just energy in and general. just yeah alternative energy and stuff um, but then she said have you heard of Stanley Myers water fuel cell and do you think he was purposely poisoned so so yeah i've heard a little bit about this guy but mm-hmm. he yeah i, I mean to, anybody actually. that creates inventions that may threaten especially the oil and gas industry and may take us away from using fossil fuels is definitely going to be in jeopardy i think like yeah. it's been shown over and over again with multiple people yeah. not just stanley but mm-hmm. stanley's was like pretty obvious if you ask yeah. me but We'll Definitely look into that more later, but she said also do you think you guys think these big corporations and other industries that are actively destroying? The environment have a plan for when the planet becomes uninhabited Or do you think they're just focusing on short-term profits?
0: That's a really interesting thought
1: so it, Because at the end of the day you're like well if they're smart enough to create this whole plan to you know Get really rich and control the energy. It's like you got to think that they m- might have some type of plan once everything is, you know, all the resources have been taken from the planet, you know, what are they going to do?
0: Maybe they just move on to the next planet.
1: Maybe that's the goal. Maybe it's like financing. Maybe they're financing like secret projects that are doing space activities and, you know, colonies in the moon and such or on other planets.
0: <laughs> maybe. I because mean, if or they're, they're I mean, not planning for it at all and they're just selfish and they're just... Whatever we're here now. So we're gonna get the benefits now I don't know if they if that much thought goes into what's gonna happen to the planet I mean unless it really is something where it's like aliens are working with whoever these people are or It's like something really conspiracy is deep. (laughs) Yeah, it depends on how deep the conspiracy actually is Um,
1: As far as the truth aspect to it, obviously, there's endless possibilities as to what could happen For the future of our planet. I mean, especially if you believe different things. Why does something look weird?
0: No, no. no <laughs> sorry, just, you just, she just gave sorry. me this look
1: like I had like a bird on my head or something. like.
0: Sorry, you just need a haircut.
1: <laughs> oh, my hair. I was is just long.
0: noticing how long it is. I was like, damn. It's it like, is towering like out of for my head today. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I didn't expect you to notice I me mean, staring at your hair. Okay. Well, then.
1: So today's first story is one that Kendall covered on her channel recently about jamie kloss the girl that was kidnapped and her parents were murdered yeah what a bizarre just interesting case right
0: yeah truly was i mean this was like so exciting
1: explain like a little bit like what happened like just in a nutshell like if you didn't see her video on youtube about it just explain to people that may not have heard about this story
0: okay so um yeah i don't have notes with me today because i my bunny chewed through my computer cord and i don't have a laptop (laughs) currently oh my god so i have to wait for one i'm kind of using my phone but that's just a pain in the ass i'm just gonna remember just go off my memory so i think it was like october 15th 15th okay i was gonna say 17th close enough on october 15th um, someone just randomly showed up at the Kloss family house
1: late at night. Late
0: at night, and killed both of the Kloss parents, James and Denise. James and Denise, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And took Jamie. And this happened, you know, back in October. And I just just did a video on this last Tuesday, which I so think was the it, ninth. Yeah. Right? Was it the ninth? I think matter. so. It was a doesn't previous
1: matter. week. It was not long. maybe. But I couple... wasn't
0: even going to post it until Thursday. That's oh, the weird right, thing. But right. I got this random like urge. I was like, I just mm-hmm. I feel like this needs to go up ASAP. And it did. So So then two days later, like 48 hours later, um, breaking news, Jamie Closs has been found, which was so exciting because I have not yet done a where is video, which is my missing person series that can I can follow up. With a found video, which I'll be able to do. I'm actually just about to film that because the final or a lot of information just came out and I have all my notes ready. I finally have a clear picture of what actually happened because before, you know, we didn't know what the hell happened. We were like, could it be human trafficking? Could she have killed her parents and left? Did a boyfriend take her? I mean, the theories were all over the place
1: because like initially when (laughs) law enforcement showed up on the scene. There was zero evidence. Like yeah. there was no evidence as to who had been there. Yeah, it was a or fingerprints, DNA. They weren't able to find anything. So And that's
0: why I was waiting so long to cover it. Cause I was following it from day one, but I was I didn't know if I was gonna cover it because I just it was so bizarre and there was just nothing. And I was like, eventually something's gonna come out, something. And I kept waiting and nothing. So eventually I just covered it as is, and then two days later, boom, Jamie Kloss has been found. And she found herself. She rescued herself, I'd like to point out. Jamie escaped from this creepy dude's house. What is his name even? I don't even want to like give this guy we're gonna say his name one time. Jake Patterson. Mm -hmm. 21 years old total fucking weird looking weirdo. But you know the weird thing is is like normally when people get abducted especially little girls they're normally like sexually assaulted. There's a
1: sexual motive behind it usually. Yeah
0: and we're not seeing that in this case Mm -hmm. unless we're missing something but there was no charges for that. They would have charged him though with something. No,
1: they didn't. I mean, they didn't have enough evidence to charge. Maybe they suspect maybe he did something, but there's but no evidence Jamie and he would never have said, said it. anything. Jamie never yeah, said that. True. And
0: Jamie did a full like Very interview true. with them. It sounds like I don't know for sure. I, I get nervous to say anything for sure because we're, there's still so many holes in this case. But it sounds like he just took her after killing both of her parents. Um and he purposely stalked her out. He was watching her from her bus stop and stuff. He took her had her for this you know like two months 87 under the bed days and had like missing. weights used to keep her underneath the bed and then would like play music and people understand. would come over and he had his dad would come over
1: that's horrible he had no Can idea you imagine being under a, a the gap between the floor and the bed was like two and a half feet so we're talking just like a i thought like maybe he built some like secret underground no, he kept no, her under his bed for like literally two just like Laying under the bed, like I can't even imagine. And what just that would thinking, be
0: like. imagine what the thoughts were. Just like even the drive, I was thinking the drive to his house must have been so petrifying. After seeing both of your parents get shot in front of you,
1: which that's what's crazy, and, and you can read the, I'll link the uh, criminal complaint. Criminal complaint, and it details because this dude is like proud of what he did, no remorse. I have. talking. He had this so well planned out to mm-hmm. every little detail, and he just he's like proud to be telling. His, You know side of the story because he thinks he did this like such this crazy thing He he literally said in his interview with police that he if he hadn't like Left he would have gotten away with it or it was something like that where he felt like he could have gotten away with this completely He was like the police hadn't found it me in two weeks. Then I had thought I got away with it Yeah, which is like dude, that, that's not how it works. No
0: man. people get found after years.
1: But this guy's an absolute piece of shit. Let's just say that he killed two innocent people in cold blood mm-hmm. with a shotgun point blank. Yeah. And you can imagine the rest. I mean, in front it's of their daughter and yeah. for
0: no reason, just for, for no, no reason. reason
1: to kidnap this girl and, do and what? keep
0: her under his bed. Fucking bizarre. Which is bizarre. It's, it's just honestly so bizarre. really weird like ah uh, but on I mean The good thing here is that, one, she was found, which is awesome. That's the best case scenario here. And second, for her to have not been, if that really is the case, she was not sexually abused in any way, then, like, thank God. Oh, yeah. Like, that's amazing.
1: That'll just add Um, to, I mean, she's already fucked up for life because she just saw her parents murdered in front of her.
0: And that's the other thing is right now we're debating about whether or not she should get the reward money. They're actually thinking about giving it to her because technically she saved herself and she's gonna need it dude yeah it's 50 grand she's gonna need it to pay oh my for all God. therapy she's gonna no need. one else
1: deserves it but her but right her.
0: exactly so hopefully they actually do that
1: she was smart and this dude left for like 12 hours yep and she climbed out of there no and- he
0: left for a short amount of time. The, you're confusing previous time. I'm he sorry. left one time for 12 hours for Christmas to go to like, see his yeah. uh,
1: grandparents or something And he
0: didn't let her even get out for a bathroom break or yeah. anything She was stuck under <sighs> the bed oh, for 12 weird, hours. Man. That was the longest he ever left her without food So he was feeding her and stuff Um, but then he went out. I don't know where he was going. It's in my notes I think but I don't remember where he was going. He wasn't when he going left the that house. far. Yeah, no he um, was going somewhere quick like maybe the store or something and she he just
1: said he'd go- be away from the home for five to six hours
0: Yeah and I mean she was so petrified. I think she could have escaped many times. Probably not many times. I don't know how often he left her, but she was so scared cuz he would he would uh like one time I guess he hit her with um like a thing that you would use to dust window like window whatever yeah. the shades things like hit her with a duster. But um uh, and that was like the worst he ever hurt her. But she was scared that he would hurt her bad. Like he said if you do anything else, or if you try to leave, like the punishment will be way worse.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: she was too scared psychologically. So he finally, got her. She, I think she started realizing, like, this guy's like, like whatever. I can, I can get out of here. I can save myself. And you know, he left, and she took her opportunity, ran out of the house, found someone who was walking their dog.
1: Did exactly what you should yep. do. and exactly. they recognized
0: her as Jamie Kloss. They brought her to a neighbor's house and said, "Call nine one one. This is Jamie Kloss." And she's like standing there, and she looked all you know, dirty and skinny and clearly had been through it and God reunited with their family though. It's, it's amazing. It's really cool doing these cases all the time to see one where they get to go home though. Like it's just absolutely like, especially
1: so rare. Yeah. So it rare. was just
0: like, if it, it really as sad as this whole situation is and you know, her poor parents lost their life and I can't imagine how horrible this was for her, but thank God or thank whatever is out there. I always <laughs> say thank God. Thank I don't want anyone universe. to think I'm like. Yes, thank, thank the universe everything. that Jamie was able to come home. And I wish that was the case for more of the missing out there.
1: So the the last thought I just had on this is why? Why? Why go through and do all of this? What makes a person, especially a 21-year-old, get to the point where you're going to execute this plan? This almost, to me, it seems like t- some type of fantasy, sick fantasy he had or it's something. like mental... Because this guy is like he's like a in your mom's basement type of dude Like, yeah. he played a lot of computer games i'm sure some violent ones and oh yeah. you know not that that has anything to do with it but you know i but think the, he spent a lot of time himself. Up, secluded yes
0: playing video i'm not saying i am never going to be that person that's like video games cause violence and plus not in this case like and we don't not know like I, a, I just
1: threw that out there just yeah the i'm end. just it's, randomly throwing that, that. that
0: i'm just saying though that it's, it's not theorizing. the idea of the game though. It's it's more of the seclusion and the doing it constantly Where it becomes dangerous and mm-hmm. and scary, you know when they when they don't have a lot of social activity And their only social activity is on a video game. That's concerning
1: Yeah, no well and your, when you're not surrounded by other human beings anybody in isolation is gonna yeah. start losing your shit yep. It's just the way that we're wired so it's not yeah. you know all that surprising that this guy just snapped or something But my theory that I was going to bring up is I'm trying to possibly think like, why would this guy want to get you know kidnap this young girl that he had never met before, didn't even know her name until he captured her, had watched her, I think, get off the school bus or something. Kind of like watched her from afar for a bit. Mm -hmm. And when I think of that, you think like either this guy's a sexual predator and he wants to, you know, take advantage of this little girl. But at at the same time, I'm like, maybe what happened is is that he you know maybe it's not that he likes little girls like in a weird like pedophile type of way but instead maybe he kidnapped her and was just gonna like keep her captive with him so that he could like raise her to like a an older age and like marry her or something like something weird like that you know sometimes people have done that in the past where yeah you know like kind of raise them like kidnap them because they want them a part of their family or, yeah. or like as ha- Maybe he wanted her as a girlfriend is, or something he later He must on. have
0: thought that far. I mean he must realize that she would grow up like what was he planning to do with her for so long Maybe he was That's well really I think bizarre. he literally
1: thought he literally thought if he went through all the little things that he would not get caught He literally thought he was gonna get away with this and just people would stop looking for Jamie and it would just be Oh, Jamie's gone, you it's know so she disappeared. Odd. It and, really is truly odd Maybe he was going to try to brainwash her and then make her think something else and like who knows if he had Had her for years. I mean yeah, and the sad reality is there's a lot of people probably out there that are in this type of situation that Can't get free and have been brainwashed and I mean we've seen it before in other cases Mm -hmm. So to me so to me the fact that he didn't instantly um, You know, thank God do any sort of sexual exploitation on this young girl that it makes me think his other motive, maybe, was to to keep her as, either as his own child in some weird way yeah. or like let her grow up under his care and like somehow become like, you know, almost enslaved to him in a more like, I don't know, relationship yeah. I mean, type we of can way. only speculate. I mean, we I'm just really speculating, but yeah, I really don't know. He could just be fucking nuts and I don't know, I mean, wanted I'm sure to do he some He isn't shit.
0: the most stable person. No. <laughs> He's not, as the president says, a stable genius.
1: But I will note that his parents were like completely surprised by, by this and and uh they even wrote a letter um basically saying yeah. were, like I we had no idea, like he's always like yeah nice guy, like it's, it's always these people, man, these quiet people. Yeah, are... like
0: I can't believe he would have his dad to the house and she'd be fucking under the bed. That's so weird. The dad must feel so bad, like knowing yeah. that she was God, there. It's so so terrible. It's it so really terrible is. what happened, so it's tragic. So
1: terrible. But on some more interesting and lighter news we're getting more mysterious signals from space
0: sweet what do they want
1: so yeah so astronomers from canada have detected strange space signals coming from a distant galaxy and these kinds of signals are known as fast radio bursts which i think we even talked about last year um another set of astronomers that detected fast radio bursts
0: yes we did
1: basically they're repeating radio waves that are being sent at like very at the same in bursts, like literally, yeah. boom, almost to, you know, if you think of communication in that way, I always think of like Morse code or something yeah. like beep, 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 beep. Like maybe these fast radio bursts are in a, you know, a sequence coming in, in in such a way, yeah, a sequence of some sort that is a message mm. that we're just like, oh, we're picking up something from some galaxy.
0: <gasps> That's so interesting to think about, isn't it? God, I wonder what they're trying to tell us.
1: So this set was picked up by the Chime telescope in British Columbia. And it emanated from the same source located about 1.5 billion light years away so that it actually is coming from the same source From the discovery or from the previous year the one I just talked about it's the same Fast radio burst again, or it's like coming at us again so something sent them From this exact like location in message. this galaxy and yet again like they resent it
0: So they really want us to get this message
1: Well, if it is a message of some sort, some astronomers say it could just be neutron stars colliding with each other or just one neutron star rapidly spinning in a region with a high magnetic field. Hmm. But again, these are just guesses, you know.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. At the end of the day, like no one just no one knows.
1: I mean, we can't see into this distant galaxy. We have no idea what's actually there or what's sending these signals. But of course, astronomers are always going to go try to find the most Logical and you know natural solution to this. Yeah, you know, they're not gonna come out and say like hmm We actually really think it could be some extraterrestrial <laughs> intelligence yeah. uh, that would Messaging be cool. us,
0: but even if they did I'm sure people would be like whatever I feel like you'd barely get any coverage even then
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I was just reading um, One of the Harvard astronomers believes that these fast radio bursts could actually be coming from energy beams used to propel spacecraft so like it could be some like that's that's really crazy to think about but it could be that a spacecraft is emitting these fast radio bursts from it as it's like traveling through maybe it's like sending out like hello 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 you know oh, we're out here
0: yeah like a little like yeah a, like
1: a probe almost is, is like, anyone there yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: Ooh, that's interesting
1: and that's a harvard astronomer so
0: mm.
1: and what's also interesting um to note is that Astronomers, we talked about that. You remember that Uma Uma? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that's how you pronounce it. But yes. that space rock, that
0: yeah, the cigar shaped rock,
1: was like our first interstellar visitor coming through and then came out. Well, it's interesting that more reports have come out after astronomers and people from Harvard and very top um, top schools like that have looked at this even more, and they're starting to really think that it's very it's possible that this was absolutely a spacecraft coming through like flying through of some sort or some type of intelligent something it
0: makes sense
1: coming through to check out our solar system like maybe they are probing here's one here's one reality to this maybe they haven't found us yet and they're just looking for us and we're well i haven't been able to answer them you have to think
0: like we always say them or they but chances are, if there are one type of aliens, there's several different types and species right. and from all over, and they may not all be in communication. It's not Correct. like they're all in on it, and we're just the ones that are out. We're probably all kind of missing each other somewhere. So, I mean, it's possible that we still do have... Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to get into this conspiracy stuff, maybe we really do have a connection with, with an, an alien race. race. Yeah, we'll talk but about maybe that Maybe there's a whole separate one right. that still is looking for people. Like, it's, it's really bizarre to think about, but...
1: It's really not that bizarre when you actually well, think yeah, about yeah, it yeah. from like a statistical standpoint. Yeah. Though, the number yeah. of lifelike planets that are in our galaxy, the it's Milky Way galaxy alone, is so many. Yeah. So why wouldn't, you know, out of all these planets that can sustain life as yeah. we know it, I why mean, couldn't Come on, be it's others? pretty
0: ignorant to think we're the only, and we're the smartest and the best as it gets.
1: <laughs> oh, that's well that's just, that's just plain wrong, man.
0: Plain wrong.
1: <laughs> we are definitely... Not even close to being the smartest beings in this in this uh corner of the galaxy, that's for sure this corner, <laughs> but today we are going to get into more about the u f o phenomenon, kind of where it started, and for a lot of those that you know a lot of you people out there that just don't know that much about it or you've kind of heard a little bit here and there, but have never really understood kind of where you know this the story started in a way you know so yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be able to explain this through Bob's testimony and his story yeah. about all of the interesting shit he worked on as yeah. well as his time at Area 51. So before we get into that real quick, we, I want to thank our sponsor. All right. Bob Lazar. Bob Area Lazar. 51 and flying saucers, man.
0: All right. So can I say some stuff about Bob first? Let's
1: talk about Bob. So guys, this is Bob. Bob Lazar. I mean, what do you think?
0: I think that Bob Lazar is such a genuine person. Like I like to think that I have a pretty good judge of character. I always say um I like to think I can like kind of sense people's intentions and Bob Lazar is not one of those people who comes across as wanting to fool people or make money off his uh story his story and he doesn't have an ego he doesn't like he is um, probably the least Is egocentric a word he's the he's has the least yeah. ego I've seen in the UFO field like of everybody Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean he's, <laughs> he's just such matter fact mellow
0: it. dude like he's so genuine and and like this has truly been Almost a curse in his life. You can tell this has been almost like it's a double-edged sword for him He has seen some cool ass shit. He's knows some cool things but it has brought a lot of chaos into his life and a lot of um stress and you Un- can tell lots it's lots of unused yeah, stress. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Paranoia. So, like For sure. And you can just tell by the way he talks that he's just he's really not trying to make money off this. He just wants people to know the truth. So I really believe him. So hashtag I believe Bob Lazar.
1: So that that's gonna be the question. And and some of you are like, I don't even know what he what he's what are you even talking about? So by the end of this, we hope that you'll be able to either make well, a I wanted decision to tell of, them.
0: And adv- the reason I was saying all that before is because, we tell the story. Yeah, yeah, I want them to have kind of an idea of who this guy is like
1: that. We do think he's know? very credible and I really do. And yeah, you know, we err more on the side of of believing it. But you guys obviously make your own decision based upon what his story is. So Bob Lazar is considered by most to be responsible for basically bringing the attention of Area 51 to the attention of the general public, like before yeah. Bob, we really didn't we didn't know about Area 51. No. Maybe a few people knew about it, but it wasn't until Bob Lazar in May 1989 appeared in a special interview with investigative reporter George Knapp, who's still around today and is actually in the film that we talked about. Great reporter, he's he's studied Bob's story for years and years and years as well. So he's a very reputable guy. Um, but basically, he gave an interview for him. On the Las Vegas TV station KLAS under mm-hmm. the pseudonym Dennis they had him basically yeah. like be anonymous or not you know they shout it in the out.
0: car you can see that like outer rim of his glasses but you can't tell who he is honestly though I like would not be comfortable with that as my disguise because like you could definitely see his hair and oh, his, yeah like, glasses like yeah, yeah if I were his rim. boss I would be like that's fucking Bob
1: and I would have made like, him change my voice too I'd yeah. be like
0: Yes, I was thinking Cuz his
1: voice is so recogni- recognizable.
0: Recognizable. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really good one though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. But basically it's it's a big deal cuz he comes on TV in 1989 and is like, "Hello everyone.
0: Yeah. I'm Dennis." Imagine back then what people thought of him. Oh my god.
1: And then he starts going into all this detail about how he worked at this top secret military facility called S4. S4, which exists near Area 51, which is run by the Air Force, uh, and there's a big uh, Nevada test site out there. They used to test all the nukes out there. And now, now test we have all the secret proof military. that
0: these both exist. But back then, you know, those nope. were coming out. Like, it sounded what? like he was pulling this out of his ass, right?
1: Exactly. But now we
0: know he's telling the truth, and that gives him so much credibility. There are plenty of instances of things that he said that he had seen or that exist, and they weren't proven at the time, but then later on they are proven, which gives him so much credibility.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's not even the half of the credibility there. So so basically, Bob is talking about this facility worked at called S4, which is adjacent to Papoose Lake, which is located south of the main Area 51 facility at Groom Lake. For those that don't know or, uh, you know, those of you in other parts of the world, Area 51 is in Nevada and in Nevada, it's there's Las Vegas, which everybody I'm sure has heard of. Oh, yeah. And Area 51 is about 83 miles northwest, like into the desert from Las Vegas. So it's way nowhere, out there yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And so this facility that Bob said he worked out S4 is located just several miles away, and it's like hidden from like view. Like it's built into the side of of like the mountain, I think, or side of the um, of the ground there. And the doors are all like camouflaged to look like sand and everything. So it's it's definitely hidden. Wow. But there's a bunch of hangars. He said there, and it was in these hangars at S4 that Bob describes working on pro- advanced propulsion systems mm. for nine flying saucers of extraterrestrial origin in possession of the U.S. military. So obviously, it's, this is like, what? Like, yeah, flying saucer. Where have we heard this before? And really, like before this, I think, you know, there, there might have been a few things before it that Weren't as big as like Roswell is what I'm trying to get to at. Roswell yeah. was like 1940s the first time that really anybody you know really heard UFO right. or flying saucer So this is now coming back into the general public's knowledge of like holy shit This guy says he worked on this these flying saucers Yeah, or these alien spacecraft at this secret Air Force installation Now, Bob said that the propulsion system is a gravity propulsion system and the power source is an antimatter reactor. And and when he was questioned by George Knapp on this, he basically said that, you know, George Knapp, of course, asked him like, well, do you think this technology could exist? Like, is it possible that this is man-made or maybe somebody else out there in the world can make this type of technology? And this is when Bob said that this technology absolutely doesn't exist at all. There's no way that humans could Ever have built this propulsion system on this spacecraft?
0: And he said that, like, currently scientists were trying to figure out how to do it, like, wasting their time, basically.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the
0: reasons he said he wanted to come forward was that he felt guilty about all the scientists and stuff working to find working to come up with technology that already exists and is already in the hands of the military, and they're just basically wasting their time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's kind of like. I don't know changed his his view as to like why he you know originally came out and I, I mean not changed it But it's kind of supplemented by feeling like his life is in danger But like you yeah. just said he felt like yep. the fact that the government had extraterrestrial technology That could literally revolutionize the world this yeah. anti-gravity was such a gravity disservice, to be Yeah honest. was such a disservice. So that's why he felt like the information should be made public so after he does this initial interview. He goes on and he comes actually out as Bob Lazar and does a, a f- couple other interviews and continues talking into more detail about his time. I think at he RFID-1. felt
0: safe after that. He was like, OK, nothing happened to me because he knows that like they know who he is.
1: Well, stuff right? did happen to him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But like he he made it through. He didn't die. No, he didn't. No, he didn't, didn't, no, he didn't die. Well, that's so the thing is fighting. he felt
1: like. Because he came out, this video was insurance. Yeah, basically.
0: insurance. It's it's like you people know, people would
1: know if he got killed, just but disappeared. That's who it was that, yeah. right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The same military reason that, that I'm not him. afraid
0: of them coming after me. You guys would know exactly why.
1: It's true. It's very true.
0: And because I don't really matter that much, but anyway.
1: <laughs> but basically, after he did these interviews, this is kind of when Area 51 like blew up and then became super popular and really turned it into like the ufo alien mecca of the united states yep. like everybody has like tons of people have tried to go to area 51 and a lot of people have reported seeing strange ufos you know different types of of craft and such in that area of the desert so it's definitely a place known for ufos and things like that
0: yeah 100
1: so and and that's where this thing gets really interesting is the fact that he specifically states that this technology is extraterrestrial or could be extraterrestrial because we there's no way we could have made it They don't even understand it. Yeah, so Before and I, I want to go into more detail about what he saw But I think it's important to kind of understand Bob as a person too because that's like the whole thing right is Anybody can come forward and, and say, you know, I saw this because look right there's a ton of people yeah. that are whistleblowers and claim to be you know, I used to work for this or that and, you know, either don't have a lot of proof or we have to just take their word for right. it. And anybody can, like, make up an elaborate story about UFOs and aliens. I mean, it's not hard. But Bob is very interesting because, like Kendall said at the beginning, he seems like a very credible dude that's very intelligent and really has no motive Ulterior, to, like, try to, yeah. like, make himself famous from this at all. Like,
0: Definitely not for the fame. I mean, the dude has no interest in fame. He is so mellow. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. So, and he's just a regular guy. So. He was
0: even very reluctant to do this new recent movie. They like got pretty lucky to even get him to do it.
1: Yeah. No, he doesn't like so to he's make. He's not seeking out. He's not like follow-up. going on UFO tours and, and you know, doing no. all these speaking events and stuff. He's no. kept to himself after he came out. But Bob was born on January 26, 1959, in Coral Gables, Florida. And as a teenager, as a teen, he built jet engines and attached them to his bicycle. So I as a teen, he's clearly like a genius. Yeah, I mean, and the
0: dude still has it. He rides around. Yeah, he does. He still has it. He That's like whipped crazy. it out and was like riding his bike around with the little jets on them.
1: So a lot of people have tried to discredit Bob by saying that he's not a scientist yet he's making right. jet engines.
0: But this is interesting. The it whole is discrediting thing.
1: So yeah. So well,
0: let's explain that.
1: Okay. So as he got older, he continued to make bigger and bigger jet engines, and he eventually attached them to his cars. He had like a dragster. That had a jet engine on it. And one time he built a particle accelerator in his bedroom. Come on. Uh-huh. Can you build a particle accelerator? particle accelerator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just smash some atoms together in our master bedroom. That'd be fun. But anyway, he built a particle accelerator in his bedroom so he could produce chemicals for his homemade hydrogen powered Corvette. So one of the interesting things is, is that his education is a bit foggy because.
0: Yeah, it's weird as fuck.
1: You know. When we started looking into Bob's claims and his story when he came out and started talking about his experience People were like, well, what kind of education this guy does? Let's look into him a little bit and Bob claims to hold degrees from MIT or the uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology as well as the California Institute of Technology Caltech, which both schools is very very Prestigious especially MIT. Yeah, that's like yeah you're next level smart for sure if you're going to degrees in Impressive. science there especially. But what's very interesting about this whole thing, and this is probably one of the most iffy parts of it, Bob yeah, and is. his story, is, is his education. And for sure. A lot of people think he's flat out lying because when reporters like George Knapp looked into his background, they could not find any records of Bob ever attending either of those colleges. Oh. So, obviously, many people think he lied about that. So, they continued looking into um, his background. And he was never a member of any professional bodies. And he claims to have, like, physics degree and things like that. So, a lot of people that are getting their doctorate at a college have a thesis. They have, yeah. you know, they have some type of paper trail to prove that you went there. And this is just really weird. Yeah. He's not in any of the yearbooks um, the school have been asked and they're like, We have no record of him and the school But then they
0: did have like some stuff with his name on it. Remember?
1: Not from school, no.
0: Not from the school? I thought no. they did. And they were like, and then they were like, No, we still don't know. I thought maybe No, I wrong. don't
1: think anybody's ever find, found any like actual ties to either of the schools. So it's interesting. But then Bob, on the other hand, is like clearly they went and cleared it yeah, out. Yeah, because... he was like,
0: Why would they hire me without an education?
1: Yeah, he's like, you think, or yeah, you think this top secret facility is just going to hire me out of high school? Like,
0: yeah, obviously
1: right. I have you know degrees from these places,
0: and he gets really, really. Defensive. He gets very it's defensive
1: weird. about it, a little weird about it, and I mean, I don't, I don't think that necessarily proves deceit or. No, that he's lying, but it is interesting because it's like if he yep, actually went there, by it. where's your diplomas? Like, yeah. did you get it? Like, you would have had those from when you graduated. He's getting pretty
0: ticked off in the video prior. for them even asking about it.
1: So that is definitely suspect. Definitely suspect. I would say.
0: But like at the same time, I do know that they will like these government agencies do know how to pull fuckery and pull strings and get people removed from things. And I, I like, I don't think that's proof that he didn't go to school. I mean, he's clearly a genius.
1: Well, and and the thing about it is there's like some people agree with that statement, some others agree with what MIT said and they said there's no way even the government could expunge someone from their records, which I'm like Yeah, even But that, at the end of the though, day I'm like yeah,
0: that's weird. Yeah, they
1: could. They could. You think they could? They'll hack you. They just yeah. hack you. They got the NSA, dude. They would hack hack your shit and delete it. But then at the same time it's like they would I feel like if you were going to do that, MIT would have to know something about that. And Maybe they're just not saying anything because they've been told not to say anything. That's another possibility possibility. So basically the way the story goes is that Bob Lazar when he was talking to George Knapp the reporter said he had been Recruited to work at this s4 facility for just a few weeks in 1988 1989 and after he worked there um, He said he claimed to work at the Mason physics lab a part of the Los Alamos National Laboratories so This is also interesting because the Los Alamos National Laboratories is is one of those places where a lot of people who have Used to work there have claimed a lot of very interesting things Mm -hmm. Especially in the in the UFO alien topic, which I won't go into too much detail about that right now But Bob claimed to work for them and this is a like very You know you I think you have to have a clearance to work there and stuff so obviously people started, you know wanting to know if he actually worked there and they actually had the FBI look into it, and I don't think they ever found any official things that, base you know, listed him there. But what's interesting is that after tons of digging, um, the reporter George Knapp actually said they found his name in an old telephone directory of Los Alamos scientists. Oh, that was like that's what it was—the okay. only record, yeah. Okay, of him working there possibly. Mm-hmm. But Bob's like, yeah, I absolutely worked there. So it's another example where. His like work history is like being completely hidden. It seems like
0: it really doesn't seem like he's making that up though, too, because like clearly he went to school and stuff. But in the, it's just so bizarre. Like, wouldn't you be able to produce something, something, a bill, a tuition bill? Yeah, a book, it's like nothing, like, literally you have nothing a to syllabus? even show you
1: Because may- my thought too is like maybe Bob went there to those schools and just never graduated. Like maybe never got a degree. Yeah, something like. But it's that. like you'd go to both of those schools and not get a degree, like. What are the reasonable? chances of that? Yeah,
0: I don't know. That's that's really odd. And but I just don't see how he would have been hired without that. And he clearly did. I mean, he. How else would he have known about all this stuff that turned out to be true later on? Yeah. And there's more to come. Guys. There's we'll way more, more.
1: Yeah, way more juicy details. Juicy, <laughs> juicy,
0: juicy tidbits.
1: But the I, but the fact that they like couldn't find any actual you know proof from Los Alamos Labs that he had worked there is interesting, but. Um, George Knapp actually interviewed some employees that had worked there and they've said that they remember uh, working with him actually. Yes, yes So that's interesting. They had been four of them confirmed. They had been working on classified projects there so So after denying Bob's employment there since 1989 Los Alamos in April 1994 finally changed its story and said that Bob had been emplo- employed there So later on he got vindication which is just another you know, just helps his credibility more That you know, they tried to cover up him working at Los Alamos and now we find out that they are like, oh, yeah He did work here But what's interesting is that when George Knapp was talking to former employees of people that had Reportedly worked at the s4 or area 51 base basically were able to corroborate Bob Lazar's description of details as to how you get to the base because there's a specific way you got to get to Area 51 Which by the way, uh, we have a whole episode on Area 51 I remember of and all these uh, secret military bases. We did it a while back. Did we yeah? We did do an episode on this. Okay, but oh yeah, we did We went in depth about Area 51 But if you haven't watched that in order to get to Area 51 you go to the Las Vegas, airport, the McCarran Airport but you have to take these special planes that are like unmarked and usually hidden behind a you know like a fence and stuff and you basically fly from las vegas and then you fly to area 51 and you take a bus so when talking to the other employees of area 51 they said that bob knew exactly how to get there how you went in what the process to check in was As well as how to get your meals there, he knew exactly what the dining room looked like. Yep. And it's like, come on, how did he know that? Nobody was if nobody was giving him knowledge, then how would he know that unless he had been there?
0: And why make it up?
1: And why? Why? What's the point of making it up? Yeah. So that's very interesting. And there's there's a reported picture of his ID badge from uh, from Area 51 as well. So another thing that helps helps out Bob in his credibility with you know working at S four and Area 51 is that. He had at one point mentioned that a man by the name of Mike Thigpen had visited his house and interviewed him in connection with his S4 employment. So like a recruiter came mm-hmm. and talked to him about this. Two witness, two witnesses that happened to be at Bob's house confirmed that Mike Thigpen had visited. And basically it's, you know, how did he know, how was he able to name Mike Thigpen if he had never been there? And right. Mike Thigpen has been confirmed. Yeah. But the Department of Energy is working for that that site yeah. or Area Fifty One in that regard of like finding people, and, stuff. and they
0: like contacted him, right? Yeah, like they did. And... Yeah, and
1: they talked to him and said mm-hmm. that, yeah, absolutely, he mm-hmm. knew. So it's like that yeah. right there just shows you like there's another, you know, just another nail in the the coffin for the the believability of this story. Like it's it's just getting crazier. So while working at the base in Area Fifty One. Bob Lazar claimed that he was working for the Navy. And he actually, there's actually a picture of his W 2 form that looks very credible. Obviously, we don't yeah. know 100% for sure, but there's an actual form, W 2 form. We all get them. And it says uh, United States Naval uh, Intelligence or something like that.
0: Yeah, an int- Naval Intelligence.
1: So, how would you get that? Unless he, and that's the thing is like, how would Bob have just like manufactured this? You'd have to be, why? Like, why yeah. try to just create all this stuff? Create a fake W two, if people aren't going to believe you. One of the things I did want to mention, though, is that Bob. So after this happened in 1990, Bob got involved. He was like helping a brothel set oh, right. up, this is like so a database, weird. and like get it going, kind of. And yeah,
0: that's not good. Bob. He ended up that's getting a bad boy Bob.
1: He ended up getting arrested. <laughs> And charged with like yeah. felony pandering. You can't
0: fucking do that, man. So like, a lot
1: of people like as soon as that happened. Yeah, I
0: fucked him just, over a phew, lot. Yeah, yeah, because people can bring that shit up. That was dumb. People are like, oh, you're it. not credible. Oh my god, yeah. In a brothel, like e- 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 that's some, that's not. Which some, I
1: thought brothels were legal in Vegas or in Nevada. Maybe it didn't have the right or licenses. They're legal
0: in Nevada?
1: Yeah. Brothel. You can go to a brothel. Oh right, yeah. I
0: remember watching something on like yeah. Paradise Ranch or something. Yeah, yeah, like they call
1: yeah. It. Yeah, uh, the Bunny Ranch or whatever. Mm, something. There's like a that. couple of so. them.
0: Yeah, I remember watching something about that a long time ago. I don't know if it's still legal.
1: Yeah, but it's it's interesting in this story because he, you know, he did all the, he worked for all this, and then he gets tied up in this little thing here, and he doesn't really talk about it at all. So or. I haven't heard him talk about it at all period. But he went to court and everything was facing jail time and the judge ended up giving him um I keep thinking prohibition, that's not it. No. Um. Probation, Jesus. <laughs> probation, <laughs> not prohibition. He got I think he got probation or something and community service. But it did really hurt his credibility after that. Yeah. So, but what on the flip side what a lot of people say is like that was the time that Bob, if he was faking this and, and lying to his family, like his wife, his friends, everybody yeah. has heard the same story that we're telling you right. about him. And it's it really hasn't changed at all. So if he was lying when he got busted for that, you would think maybe that's a great time to be like, hey, I lied about this. My whole background's a lie. I never worked there. I yeah. never worked at Area 51. I'm just full of shit. Yeah. I'm just full of shit yeah. and then kind of like reset your life.
0: Yeah. But no, he kept going.
1: But he did not. Do that, and so this leads us to some of the very deep, interesting, (laughs) juicy details of Area Fifty-One and S Four. But before that, want to thank our next sponsor. All right, back to Bob. Back to Bob. All right, so Bob, and this this is this is interesting here because if you talk to any you know if if you talk to anybody that's into UFOs at all or knows a little bit about them, most should know about Bob Lazar and his story so when we start talking about what he actually did while he was employed there um, just keep keep this in mind that everything that they do there is completely cloaked in just like secrecy like and they compartmentalize everything so that's like the main thing that people will say is how do you keep something like this secret? You know how 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 can there be any secrecy with leakers and hackers and everything like it's just not possible but it is especially in the 19 you know at that time in history but basically there the way that Bob described is that while he was working there and this is consistent with any other type of whistleblower leaker somebody that has Previously worked for a top-secret agency and can talk about declassified stuff They'll tell you that everything is on a need-to-know basis like yeah, you only know What you your have. exact like what is absolutely necessary to complete your job
0: your there. specific job, right? right? So they're not it's not like because you work there you have the ins on everything like no That's why a lot of people like also you know, question Bob because they'll like ask him something and he won't know the answer. But it's like that wasn't part of his job. He was solely there to back engineer the craft. Right. He wasn't there to know. Like he doesn't know if there's an alien race or like what. You know, if we have a relationship with them or like he doesn't no, know. No, his like job.
1: That. His job was was to be a physicist, a scientist, to reverse engineer this anti gravity propulsion system that powered these ET spacecrafts. So that's what he was doing there. Now this is interesting. I just wanted to bring up that. Uh, a while back i think last year or the year before joe rogan actually did an episode with tom delong which right. we'll have to get into more on tom delong on another episode but basically tom delong is is huge in the ufos he's got a company
0: have we not done an episode on him no
1: we haven't talked about him oh my god really. we
0: need to do a whole episode Maybe a little on like bit. to the stars
1: yeah it's a very interesting concept very interesting thing he's kind of a media company slash research think tank in a way called to the stars but anyway Tom was on Joe Rogan's podcast and they got started talking about uh, Bob Lazar. And and what was interesting to me is I didn't even know this, but Tom said that he is going to publish Bob Lazar's autobiography actually. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting that they're working together. Yeah. I don't know. He didn't say, but basically he was talking about um, from Bob's book. He said, but I think he's talked about this before as well, but before he was brought into this job at S4 as a physicist, during the interviews, they said they had an idea for him. And basically they put him in a place with a bunch of disks with a bunch of other scientists who were working on the back engineering team on the different craft. And per his story, the scientists before had tried to cut into one of the propulsion devices and it exploded and killed a bunch of scientists. Don't know if this is true, but this is just per per story. So he was like kind of getting in the interview process and they were basically telling him like, we're you know, we're in a bad place. We just had this happen. We tried to cut into this anti-gravity Propulsion system and it blew up on us.
0: Holy shit. So like my question is if people died from that How wouldn't we know like why well, we they died? did
1: because we did that basically what what happened was the Nevada nuclear test site? Released a statement saying that they were just doing a small nuke test that there was an actual like recorded explosion But obviously if scientists died they totally That was never brought to the public's attention. Wow. So Bob was kind of brought in kind of like on a whim almost like he was. They obviously already knew about him, but they didn't really take the time to carefully comb his background because they Ah. needed people right away that could continue working on this project because a bunch of people just died. Apparently,
0: oh, God, imagine getting the call for that job. Be like, well, the whole team that just was here before you just died. So we'd like you to take over for them.
1: Yeah, like welcome sure. to the team. <laughs> yeah, that okay. would be crazy. So Bob, so Bob starts like working for them and they haven't even finished the background checks on him because it takes like 6 months to a year to just do all the uh secret top security security clearance checks on him and from what Bob says, Bob says he was given, you know, after he once was finally cleared, he was given a clearance known as majestic clearance.
0: Oh Wow, he was giving Majestic majestic
1: clearance, clearance which is supposedly That's like big. one of the highest clearance levels Possible which for those that don't know it's the what what it's been said to me is that the the majestic clearance is some 30 some odd levels higher than the highest citizen or the highest clearance a citizen can obtain so if I go if I want to go work for the air force or go work for you know I have to get a topsy se- or like a government contractor like Raytheon or something I have to get a top-secret clearance. So there's a there's obviously different levels of uh, Clearance a citizen can get and Bob had like 33 levels above that which is way above the president of the United States by the way Damn president he, of the United States like doesn't even have such that a
0: genius that they're just willing to give him that
1: it's it's very interesting and something that skeptics point to is like why would they Bring him into all this and give him this top-secret clearance and tell him all this shit if you know
0: he could possibly go tell people
1: yeah exactly if they had an idea already that he was the type of person that would run and tell Mm -hmm. you know so it's interesting but apparently while they were doing Bob's background check they asked him to stop working for a bit because they were worried about his unstable home life because Supposedly his wife was having an affair or something like that. there's kind of turmoil at home because Bob was literally gone like all the time, random hours of the night, they would just call you in like you would come into yeah. work at weird times. And you and... can't
0: really tell anyone what you're doing That's No always you makes can't you look say like where. A sketch ball.
1: They can't tell you they couldn't even tell their wife where they were going, who they're working for, yeah, what I'm they're sorry, doing.
0: But I would not be married to someone like that because I could not handle. All right, the... Kendall, I I'd be, be like back yeah, when I'm back. okay.
1: Can't no. tell you where I'm going. Can't tell I just you what could I'm not doing.
0: deal with that. And like, there's hard. a lot of people that are like married to secret service agents or FBI agents. And yeah, they like I can't even that. know what their spouse is doing. That I always wonder though if they just tell them. You know, like no. I feel like if it was us, like you would tell me.
1: No, I wouldn't. If come on, if I knew that something bad could happen to me mm-hmm. or that
0: could put me in danger. Yeah, it could too.
1: put you in danger. I mean, who knows? Like it's endless of what could happen. But
0: yeah, that's true.
1: And obviously, so this type of situation is not good for someone like Bob because he's he's kind of a paranoid, anxious guy. Like he just kind of seems kind of on edge, which I mean, rightfully so. But I think he that's just kind of his personality too. Like he's definitely more of a introvert. I would say, right? Would you say Bob Lazar is like oh, more introverted?
0: Definitely. He doesn't put. That's what I was trying to say earlier. He doesn't put it across that like loves attention, loves. The spotlight type of vibe he's like so behind the scenes type of dude he's yeah. like very very introverted so yeah. yeah i think i think it was like a very strange thing for him to do to actually come forward i think it took a lot because well, most introverted people would not do that no
1: and that's the thing is like there would have to be a really good reason for somebody like that to have to come come forward and, and say all this stuff yeah but another thing that that helps bob's credibility is that when he wasn't working Bob would actually go out near the base on public lands and watch the UFO tests or the tests of the Right and take people ET spacecraft that were conducted every Wednesday night at eight PM in this yeah. certain location. Um He'd be kind like, of Come with me, base. I'll
0: fucking show you guys. And yeah. Take and, people there.
1: Right. And he would take like his friends and his I think he took his wife there and stuff yeah. to be like, Hey, like, I'm not lying, like this is Yeah, look what I look, look, how would I know that they're doing these tests at this time if if I wasn't actually doing these things? Right. So it was kind of at this point that he you know kind of told people, and actually one of the nights he was out there with with some friends, I think, and area 51 is patrolled like by a private security force it's it's really interesting. a private security force that doesn't yeah, even, like work for the military, thing. but they patrol yep. the perimeter of the, of the base and around it just in the d- neighboring desert. like there's tons of videos on YouTube. all you got to do is type in area 51. <laughs> And somebody has tried to go there and has gotten stopped by the camo dudes that are basically driving these pickup trucks just through the desert all night and have been for years patrolling the mountains looking for people that, you know, shouldn't be there. And they caught Bob. They caught him and his friends. And, you that night, I think they kind of scared the shit out of him a bit. Yeah. Um, and kind of gave him a wake up call. Like, what, you know, what are you doing? Who are you? Kind of spooked him, basically. And I and I think it was the combination of this and, and just kind of knowing that kind of shit was unraveling a little bit is why he took the whole thing public and went yeah. on TV and did interviews with George Knapp. And what he also said is like after this event or sometime during it, he actually got shot at by some unknown oh, individual or shit. something while uh, getting on the freeway at some point.
0: Dude, holy shit. So like
1: he shit. totally had like spooks or government spooks after him. Trying to scare him, and that's why he was right. He got shot. He was like, "I'm getting scared that they're gonna, they're gonna." And then once he
0: did, he's like, "Fuck yeah, wow."
1: Well, he realized like, "Fuck!" Like the only way I can really keep myself safe is coming forward. People, which makes sense, and I mean that makes sense for all types types of people that whistleblow leak or leak people ask About
0: Doctor Greer, right? Why is Doctor Greer so alive? He has so much, and he leaks so many things. He says so many things. Well, Doctor Greer has a huge following that would know if something happened to him and it was at all weird, they would know. So, like, those numbers help.
1: Yeah, it does. It helps it's to have eyes on you. It's a layer of
0: protection.
1: It really is. It's insurance. It's definitely, yeah. It's just <laughs> making sure that alive. if something
0: happens for you, to you, people will, like, do something. They'll investigate. They'll look into it. And chances are, no one will even take the chance to do anything to you because they could be caught or could, it could be exposed, you know? There's so much risk that they would take when Taking someone out, you know, and it's not always worth the risk if you have so many eyes on you
1: and especially like these reports of you know, once you are caught kind of starting to leak information or like he was starting to tell his friends and people about these UFOs and such like it is pretty much proven fact that government spooks whatever you want to call them may Try to scare you and try to force you back into silence essentially and I've known several That have have had similar experiences where their house is just randomly ransacked or just weird things start happening out of the blue Some people just get sick randomly or you know, like we talked about with the the water guy Stanley like You know, um, they might uh, they could potentially like try to cause an accident or something To make it look like a accidental death or something
0: who got hit by a car He like got hit by a car wasn't it um ah What who? He got like someone slammed into car. him, yeah, or his car was hit by another car. Are you
1: talking about Emery? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emory that's what I'm talking about too. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, just I just wasn't naming sure. him, but oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, I mean, like Emery Smith, yeah. he's same type of type of situation, yeah. and he actually worked at Los Alamos too, I believe. So it's interesting that you know if you come forward with this information, that's pretty pretty common for government spooks or whatever come after you and try to scare government you into silence. Spooks. Yeah. Sounds men in so black whatever you want to call i mean whatever you want to call it i mean maybe they're not government associated at all maybe they're associated with some i don't know other group i don't know but maybe so while bob was working at s4 his job was very specific in that he was to basically understand this highly advanced extraterrestrial propulsion system which was being stored in one of nine camouflage hangars at the s4 facility Bob says that when he first laid eyes on the craft, which was this classic saucer-shaped craft, literally like the ones that you see on all the t-shirts yeah. and everything, the almost like yeah, it's like a disc, disc kind of like bell disc. I don't know. It How do you me describe of, like, that shape? Bro? It reminds me of like symbols. It's like a dreidel. Put together, it's like a dreidel. Yeah, or a top or something almost. Yeah, like, a top. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <like> a dreidel. <laughs> a dreidel.
1: But when Bob first took a look at this. Flying saucer he flying dubbed trail. it the sport model and when he first saw it he said he thought it was man-made Because like going into this it wasn't like Bob was like into UFOs and into flight. He didn't know or care yeah, or Like was just, just like oh, this is cool. This is like crazy technology So according to Bob the dimensions of this sport model were 16 feet tall and 52 feet 9 inches in diameter So pretty big. It's a pretty big disc the exterior skin of the disc is metal and coloring similar to unpolished stainless steel. It's like a shiny metal disc. And the craft sits on its belly when it's not energized. The entry hatch is located on the upper half of the disc with just the bottom portion of the door wrapping around the center lip of the disc. Hmm. So the disc is actually, uh, according to Bob, like another thing that's interesting is he's a, he literally gave us diagrams of this thing. Yeah like drawn out in detail exactly where everything was he said that there was three levels to the disc the lower levels where the three gravity amplifiers and their waveguides are located which was where they're actually uh which was the actual propulsion system of the craft and then there were, um he said that the reactor is located directly above the three gravity amplifiers on the center level and then um, which is in fact centered between them the reactor is a closed system, which uses element 115 this as its so fuel. this is so interesting
0: We should do a whole episode on element 115 But I don't know if there's enough there's not enough because
1: I've it. got all of it right here. So <laughs> I've got <all> right <laughs> Don't you worry there's no there's no t- time. Yeah, for that.
0: I wish there was enough to talk about a whole episode But sadly we don't have that much information on it,
1: but it's very interesting that Somebody somebody as smart as Bob is literally was like yeah it's power this anti-gravity reactor is powered by this element 115 It's basically the source of the gravity a wave which is amplified for space-time distortion and travel So Bob literally was able to diagram out the craft. He knew exactly how all the components worked um, And yeah, he just couldn't understand like how it was engineered He knew kind of how it worked and stuff, but he couldn't like tell you how exactly it was creating this anti-gravity um, waves or creating gravity waves because basically what it would do is the craft would completely change a certain point in in space and completely warp space time to create like almost like a hole in it so that it can move to that location in space time That's it's really
0: it's like creating a wormhole kind of
1: yeah sort of yeah sort of yeah that it's able of. to it completely defies all you know any gravity on this planet whatsoever? It didn't doesn't need it at all. It completely creates its own field, essentially. But according to documents that Bob Lazar read at while he was at S four, the flying saucer discs fly by amplifying gravitational waves, which gravity is actually two waves identified as gravity A and gravity B. Gravity A is at the atomic level, that is the wave that does not extend beyond the molecular bond, except in element one fifteen. And this slight extension allows the way to be accessed and amplified gravity a is the currently called the strong nuclear force the propulsion system is an antimatter reactor and in the disc bob crawled inside this reactor was a sphere about the size of a medicine ball And the top half of it was visible in the middle of the floor so the fuel for this reactor is the element 115 or ununpentium ununpentium, U-N-U-N-Pentium. On the on a periodic mm. table, ununpentium is a super heavy metal. Would be listed as UUP. It has a melting point of one thousand seven hundred forty degrees Celsius. When it is bombarded with protons, it becomes element one sixteen, an element that gives off antimatter. Wow! So that's essentially what they do: is they like bombard it with to protons it, turn it into in order to create an antimatter reactor. Yeah,
0: that's so fascinating. And It's like multiple people have talked about this. This is another thing that Tom backs up like completely. Yeah,
1: yeah He completely believes this this part of the story Dr. as well Beer talks about this. Yeah, as well. he does. Yeah,
0: so this yeah This is like well, this is very mm-hmm. real because it all lines up
1: it's It really changed. does because when Bob first came forward with his story Element 115 hadn't even been created in a lab yet it didn't even exist Because essentially what Bob is saying is that this element 115 can't be created naturally on our planet So this is some type of extraterrestrial some type of metal or, you know, element from some other place in space. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way it occurs naturally here. So, it wasn't until 2003 that Russian scientists synthesized the element for the first time. Element 115 is an incredibly radioactive substance and one of the heaviest elements ever discovered. To date, only four Moscovian, which is the name they've given it now on the uh, periodic table, it's since been added to the periodic table. But really? Bob knew about this way before 20 plus years yeah. earlier and it's now they're like, oh shit We can synthesize this in a lab, but they can't make a large. They can't make ounces of it That's the thing of Synthesizing it, yeah. it in a lab is like teeny 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 tiny bit of of this element 115, but These spacecrafts are using like a much bigger piece of it. So where is that coming from? Where where could it be from
0: a different planet where it's like a resource that right? Ready, ready right.
1: wherever The pilots of this craft came from likely, you know, so that's what's so interesting about it. But According to Bob the extraterrestrial craft he worked on used a stable version of element 115 to warp gravity around the craft and propel it forward So they haven't even been able to create a stable version of it. So they can't even do anything with it Mm -hmm. so if this is indeed true, then they had a decent amount of element 115 At least enough that was needed in order to propel these craft. It's very interesting. And how would he have known that even existed if, you know, if he hadn't worked there? That's a pretty fucking good guess. So, yeah, people, people fight him on and be like, oh, yeah, you know, he made it up or whatever. But that that's pretty, pretty good evidence for, you know, his story being credible as far as, you know, what he worked on. Mm hmm. So here's some so here's some more interesting things about this craft that Bob worked on. He said the center level of the flying saucer also housed the control consoles and seats, both of which were too small and too low to the floor to be functional for adult human beings.
0: Miniature aliens. So it
1: was like it was like kids' chairs, because they actually nicknamed whoever the pilots yeah. of the craft were the kids.
0: That is so fucking weird
1: kids imagine if you if you're a bob and you go into your you know you're at work today you had your oatmeal for breakfast you got your mickey d's you're on your way to the area 51 and today they're like all right you're gonna come into this hangar with us and you're gonna see some shit he goes in there and crawls inside this disc and there's these little seats what are you thinking in your head when you see little seats yeah. inside of this highly I, advanced flying saucer and like we
0: said they don't tell you where that came from who no. was in it no, no 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 they're like Need don't ask know. questions
1: about it either yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you're just like <laughs> looking at the propol- i'd be looking at the chairs yeah, i'd be like, like holy shit wait a minute
0: aliens sat in this who the
1: hell's sitting in those chairs
0: yeah because yeah that's weird
1: this that's is also funny. really interesting um but the walls of the center level are divided into archways at one point in time when the disc was energized which that was the thing is bob not only got to like take it apart, but he also got to see it in action and actually saw the thing when it was running.
0: That's so cool.
1: He said when the disc was energized, one of the archways became transparent and you could see the area outside of it just as if the archway was a window. Wow. And what's really interesting about Bob's description of this flying saucer is it it, it goes like it literally is exactly the description of people that have been claimed to be abducted by yeah. uh, UFOs or have had sightings. Oh, that's so weird! Like specifically, I'm referring to Betsy and Barney Hill, right? One of the most famous uh, UFO sightings. Their description of of what the craft was that abducted them is very similar to this. Not only did the archway look like a window, but something incredible happened when the craft was being demonstrated, and. This technology could not could not be produced by any humans. Basically, when the craft was on a form of writing, which was unlike any alphabetic, scientific, or mathematical symbols Bob had ever seen, began to appear on one side of the transparent archway. L- Lazar was never given access to the upper level of the disc either. This is very interesting. interesting because some reports about the craft that crashed at Roswell had some type of weird writing, and there's actually pictures of. Oh, of, yeah, of the supposed writing that was found on the side of it and it makes you wonder it's like hmm Could these be the same craft that they're using? Because the whole thing is like where where's this craft from if it wasn't made by humans and where is it from? Could That's it have so been from Roswell? I had it, always assumed that it was Roswell that the craft came from but other there's another version of how the craft was obtained which we'll talk about more in, in a little bit, but it's very interesting that there' the similar similarities there between the stories, but anyway, Bob was unable to provide any specific specifics as to what the porthole like areas at the top of the disc actually were for, so he didn't know like there's the top areas with like the little like a lot of the uFO pictures you can see like little portholes windows almost right, and he never got up into the third level, so he had know. no idea what was even up yeah. there. Maybe <laughs> what if there's just like a bunch of like little seats little chairs in there So a bunch of like little aliens could the all sit kids. together the kids could all sit together and circle or something That's like creeps flying around called them the kids. I and know right.
0: It's just so weird
1: But the more that he worked on this flying saucer the more he came to the conclusion that the craft must have been Alien in origin like there's just no way and he's very adamant about this fact when when talking about it in this documentary He's like he's like um, the filmmaker asked him he's like so there's no way Bob that they could have anybody could have made this in the world There's no he was like literally there's no, there's way, no way anybody could have made this thing. This thing was Otherworldly because the what technology was of. that crazy and because of this element 115 as well Yeah, it's like there's no way anybody had the ability to create this thing So that uh, it's just so interesting
0: it really is fascinating
1: In one of the uh, demonstrations that he got, actually, he said the craft ascended about 30 feet, and then it moved to left, then to right, and then rapidly ascended from there. Before initially lifting off the ground, the disc briefly gave off a corona discharge, a sound similar to that of high-voltage electricity, and then it was completely silent. It's bottom glowing blue. Very interesting and very consistent with a lot of UFO sightings. And then you know what that just made me think of? It made me think of like the strange space music from the Apollo guys. Oh yeah, because it sounds like
0: the whole moon and they they heard it. They
1: heard the sound mm-hmm. and and you have the recording of it. But gave off like a high voltage electricity, mm-hmm. like like you know, like when electricity, like something's being electrized at like a high rate, it almost has like that, like almost whoosh or like zzz, like, like yeah. kind of like a. He said that's what it kind of sounded like. And he said that the hissing and glowing are byproducts of the tremendous electromagnetic pulses generated from the craft. And the thing is completely circular. There's no 90-degree angles inside whatsoever. Everything was softly rounded, which I would assume is because this craft can literally warp space-time. And you know, in order not to kill everybody on board, you gotta, gotta be rounded. Like, yeah. But that's the thing, too, is there's other... UFO craft out there that are different shapes and you know, a bell shape or triangle. There's all sorts of different types of craft, but I think most of the time the angles aren't rounded as well. So that's very interesting. So that that's his experience with working on this potentially extraterrestrial flying saucer. Now, who was flying these saucers? Where are these saucers coming from? That is the question.
0: That is so interesting to think about too. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I just want to know.
1: I just want to. I wish. Uh, wish he would have had his iPhone or something of, like <laughs> recorded. No, they probably take that shit from you.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure.
1: But there are some very interesting things that Bob um, talked about in, in later interviews about who could be the passengers, who could be flying these things, where could they have come from. But before I talk about that, I just want to thank our last sponsor today. All right, let's go. So who was piloting the Flying Saucers? Apparently, while Bob was there, one day, Bob is taken into an office. I think it was fairly, I think if I remember correctly, it was kind of towards the beginning of when he started working at S4. But Bob says he was brought into an office and shown a ton of uh, really heavy briefing documents and was told to study them. And according to Bob, These briefing documents he was given described how aliens, yes, aliens, from Zeta Reticuli.
0: That's, okay, I always thought it was Zeta Reticula. Is it Zeta Reticuli?
1: I think it's Reticuli, yeah. I think I've been pronouncing it wrong. I don't know. I've heard it Reticula Reticuli. I can't imagine it's Reticula. I think it's Reticuli. Who knows? But anyway, he described how these aliens, which... The best way to describe them is your classic big-eyed gray aliens. We've all seen it. It's the alien logo. Literally, that's where yeah. we get the, that alien logo from, it is from these supposed gray aliens, who, according to these documents, have been interacting with humanity for at least 10,000 years. Mic drop. Boom.
0: Mic drop. Boom. <laughs>
1: Well, there it is, folks. Um, yeah, so everything has been uh, planned with the Greys, and the Greys have shaped humanity for ten thousand years. They have been involved. They've been that's insanity here. if that's true. So these are, a, a but it's cor-
0: like so many things point to that being right. true. It's bizarre.
1: It gets even more interesting. So the this is information in these briefing documents he's reading, and apparently the documents also had information regarding human history, alien biology, which he actually had he said there was autopsy pictures of extraterrestrials in these documents that he looked at as well as political events which supported the narrative that had been actively sewn into this community since the early 1980s about the u.s intelligence operatives in the form of the majestic 12 documents which this this like we mentioned his secret clearance is called majestic so basically According to the government, this doesn't exist. And and a lot of people will tell you it's just a bunch of made-up disinformation stuff. But basically, Operation Majestic 12 was a program that was created after the Roswell crash in 1947. And basically, the group of Majestic 12 was a bunch of basically military generals, government officials that all had orders from President Truman to investigate the Roswell crash and decide the best course of action to deal with the situation. The group put together a series of documents on its discoveries as a briefing for the incoming President Eisenhower. These documents supposedly detail the recovery of the craft, the extraterrestrial entities on board, as well as photographic evidence of the crash. So many, you know, a lot of conspiracy theorists believe that this is this is true and this is, you know, 100 percent real. This majestic 12 group was real because we do have documents from it. What's interesting is that these documents, these Majestic 12 documents, can actually be found in the FBI vault, which I'm like, if they were fake, why would they put them there? People say, this is all a ploy by the government, by the military as for to basically disseminate misinformation and give us this narrative, like they're giving us this narrative of Majestic 12 and all the documents that Bob read were fake and made up and it's not real. And that it's just this big story, which is like, really, really? But anyway, according to the documents also, the sport model, which was the flying saucer that Bob worked on, was actually given to the American government in the exchange program, quote wow. unquote, in the early 1970s. The makers of the craft and providers of the fuel, the Element 115 we've been talking about, were from the Zeta Reticuli star system. Mm. However, what we exchanged with them is on. Is we don't know. We don't know what we gave them exactly. If there was this big exchange,
0: what do we that is so weird to think about.
1: So yeah. So let me just explain the backs background of this exchange program a minute. So this is all information again coming from Majest, these majestic twelve documents, which the government says are fake and disinformation, and others take it as like. Really what happened like this is real and that's why we have these craft But basically in December 1952 the military made contact with an alien race referred to as evens who lived on the planet Serpo in the Zeta reticulized system and communications transpired over the next nine years very (laughs) very conspiratorial, but during this time an exchange program between the inhabitants of Earth and Serpo was created and actually according to these documents that told us this information 10 men and two women 12 American astronauts were basically sent there Sent to this planet
0: that is the weirdest thing ever
1: and this is where a lot of people are like, oh this fuck bullshit This yeah. is just a hoax. Like this yeah. is getting crazy again we don't know for sure, yeah. That this is definitely. not real, because maybe fuck it is. Like maybe yeah, it's they have.
0: Interesting to think about that. Because if you least. think about it,
1: if we if we know this technology, this extraterrestrial technology is real, and what Bob worked on was real, and they had there is this anti gravity technology that can fly around space like it's nothing. Like why couldn't they after Roswell got it back engineered and like created a way to either maybe they were able to communicate with the extraterrestrial entities they captured from Roswell and they op- like opened up some type of negotiations with uh, their home planet, but it's very interesting. But back to Bob. So Bob, according to Bob, the government documents he reviewed stated that the aliens or extraterrestrial biological entities as they were uh, quoted as were from the fourth planet orbiting Zeta-2 Reticuli, the second star of a binary system in the constellation Reticulum. Which is an absolutely real place, like you can look this up on a on a star map, but oh,
0: that's so crazy
1: and what's crazy is that this planet really does exist and it and the hours basically a day on it is ninety hours long, like in hour God. hours that isn't is that so wild
0: weird like it's it's this kind of stuff where i just i get really quiet on the podcast because it's so mind blowing
1: especially if you especially if you really consider it to be mean? real for a minute like yeah. you're really like God yeah.
0: It's it's truly mind-blowing to consider this stuff
1: and again people be like well How would they ever be able to keep all this secret like and and why the biggest criticism to Bob talking about this part of it What's interesting is that he really only gave all this details about what he read and stuff like once way back right after it happened Really, And now he won't even uh, even answer these questions or talk about these documents that he saw because I I because I think he thinks that they were misinformation Like really? I think he thinks that they gave him they put him in this room like right off the bat to like give him all this information Because I think they knew that he would Say Blow something. the whistle on stuff and
0: that would make yeah
1: It would just make him look- help cover up. What's really happening even more because then there's this new story and it, yeah. it's kind of true, though. And if you think about it, like, yeah, maybe this story or events is just complete, you know, fakery and it's not real. Yeah, And it's, it's a really good story and it makes sense and kind of goes along. And yeah, so it's interesting that he doesn't really talk about this now. But from what he said um, that he read, the reticulin aliens are essentially three to four feet tall and weigh 25 to 50 pounds. So they are like little kids, like little toddlers. Their bodies vaguely resemble a human toddler's torso. They have grayish skin and large heads with almond shaped wrap around eyes. They have a very slight nose, mouth and ear positions and are hairless, which is really interesting that this description, if it is of real aliens, and this is a real story, like we've got it right. Then we totally know what the greys look like. Then we totally know like what the, the most famous style of aliens is that we portrayed movies and everything else. Like, and that's what gives me that bit of skepticism of like, well, fuck, maybe it is just like made up. Maybe yeah. there is no aliens that actually look like the these graves. little yeah. hairless, you know, alien children.
0: Yeah, it's so <laughs> hard to know.
1: It's really hard to know.
0: Because like, I totally could be set to put off the trail. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, that's knows? the
1: thing. And that's why a lot of people like just wrote them off immediately. We're just like, right. guys, it's a hoax because this is fucking crazy. Like, yeah, and there's no evidence to back it up other than what Bob has said or what these documents are and what's really weird to me is the fact that Doc these majestic 12 documents that contain all this really juicy details about our Contact with extraterrestrials in this project Serpo exchange program are being leaked like Available for download from their website Like why would they do that? I could understand like maybe if it was leaked by WikiLeaks or so I had to go somewhere but I can literally go to FBI <laughs> gov slash vault and type in, in majestic twelve, boom comes right up. You can read all of this, so that's what makes me think like, hmm, yeah, could this just be a big disinformation story to well, try to I give mean, us a false narrative of what's really going on? But those
0: definitely exist.
1: But what's weird is a lot of people that are pretty credible and have similar stories to Bob also can corroborate this, and a lot of popular ufologists, I'll be honest, like believe yeah. this too. Yeah. So it's it's very hard. I'm like, ah, fuck. What do we do? Because I mean, for, if you look at Bob's story from a uh, pr- skeptic's perspective, why was Bob Lazar, who was supposedly employed strictly on a need-to-know basis as a physicist with one specific technical task, given informa- or given access to top-secret documentation, which had literally no bearing on that task? Right. That's like the biggest question. That's the big one that I wish they would. He would ask Bob in the the film. Yeah. I would want to ask him too. I'd want to be like this like I can believe his story about the saucer, but then when he starts talking about the aliens, and I think this is partly why he doesn't talk about this now. Yeah. Is because he knows it like does it hurts your credibility to then yeah. be like, Oh yeah, I saw all these documents, alien pictures and everything else. But
0: that's where people start being like, eh, yeah.
1: But why? Why would you need to know that if they wouldn't even tell you while you're working on the craft who is sitting in the seats? Yeah, why would they then come take you to the room and show you all of this really?
0: I bet that really was a disinformation thing. That's the only thing that makes sense.
1: I think that they were I think Gotta give like the military whoever he was working for more credit that they I think they realized like once Bob started working there that Bob I mean, they watch you. I mean, let's let's be real. Like when you work there, it is not a good place to work. And according to Bob, it was like, you were, you're escorted everywhere yeah, by a guy you, with a machine gun, they yell at you. <laughs> it's not great working conditions. You don't know what's going on around you. Can't ask questions. You literally just go in there and do the technical task at hand. So when Bob threw this whole other fucking thing about going into this room and seeing all this stuff, That's where Mm. people really get like, hmm, it's a little iffy.
0: So is that the same? Okay, and then he talks about like seeing, possibly having seen an alien in there too.
1: Well, he talks about... Having glanced at like
0: a room, but he doesn't think now that it was a real alien. He's like looking back on it as an older person now, I believe that it was probably like a dummy or some like people working on something for like sizing. They were taking measurements or something.
1: Because that was like one of the original sort of claims that he made was that one day he's being like escorted down a hallway inside uh s4 and he happened to like glance over into a room they walked past at a window and he said like he took like a split second look and he thought he saw what looked like one of these little gray aliens in between two scientists like looking at something yeah but then yeah, he since kind of like gone He's back like, on I that. He's like I saw it for like He's a like, oh, tiny like a millisecond. It was like corner millisec- like yeah. milliseconds I like, think
0: you're right though. He does think that anything you say about aliens starts to make you seem weird.
1: Like and I people think people start totally to wig out on that. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like they'll they'll believe like all the secretive technology and the government hiding things, but when you start talking about aliens, like people get weird.
1: They do cuz people are like, "Oh, come on, like, yeah, it no sounds way. like fairy tale." But another thing that's interesting is that you know, it's it's really hard because part of Bob's story is like so believable and it seems he does have actual knowledge of area 51 and s4 and what was really interesting that was in this documentary is Bob has always talked about like part of the process of getting into s4 is you have to put your hand on This little almost like yeah Not a box, but it's like just like a rectangle It's like a reader like a hand these- reader
0: spikes coming off of it they look like nails they're like really long they're like and long they're, silver things yeah
1: I'll show a picture if you're watching but yeah they're like these long things you place your hand on and it supposedly measures your your the uh, length, length of, of your, your bones, finger bones which is bones. apparently
0: unique to each person
1: yeah and he said that oh yeah this is how I got into it every day
0: and people were like no like, people were like it's bullshit there's... it doesn't exist yeah
1: no but um in the documentary, uh, I think it was George Knapp, the reporter, or maybe maybe it was Jeremy, the filmmaker, that found it. I can't remember. But one of them are sitting down with Bob, and they produce a picture of this device that they found yeah. uh, from somebody else. Or it, it had been declassified it or something later. Actually, no, it. it hadn't been declassified. I'm sorry. but it was This was a classified document, but it was a authentic document that had been corroborated by others that had worked there. And
0: it showed a picture of it.
1: Yeah, and it was, it was exactly how Bob described it. And when you're watching him look at it, you're clearly seeing tell. him recognize oh, yeah. what's going on. He like lights up. Yeah, he's like, oh, I know what this is. So it's very interesting that he knew that as well. So when you look at everything all together here, it's very it's a very interesting story. And the one of the reasons why I think Bob is believable is that You know, if you're going to pull a stunt like this in order for attention and to become famous, you know, like you'd expect to see somebody that is like wanting to, you know, is going to take advantage of that and like do things to try to further his, you know, his wealth or whatever you want to call it. But that's not Bob at all. Like after Bob gave his initial interviews, he kind of like, and after the whole, uh, Brothel thing and everything. He kind of like disappeared for a while and kind of like went into hiding in a way yeah. and just kind of disappeared from you know the spotlight where nobody heard from him for a, yeah. for a long time. And I just wanted to play just a few seconds of this interview with with George Nappy did in 2014. Be careful, it could be, get No, I operated. I already checked. I already checked on uh, this one. This is an guys, actual. On news. the last
0: one, I got copyrighted for playing that Marilyn Monroe clip for singing. Someone claimed that it's crazy, unbelievable,
1: right? can't play anything except for an actual news clip. But this is just a short clip of so you can hear Bob's voice if you had it before and this is just him talking about like you know, why would he Make he doesn't it. want fame or anything like yeah. that and there's no motive for him. So it, it's kind of interesting.
0: Look, I am not out there
1: giving UFO lectures, producing tapes. I this is not a business of mine. I am trying to run a scientific business um and if i'm the ufo guy it makes it really difficult it's to my benefit that people don't believe the story I'm these days lazar and his wife operate a scientific supply firm in michigan he's that's received media yeah so that that's pretty convincing to me that he doesn't want he doesn't want the attention he doesn't yeah. want people to believe him because it Makes his life easier because you can imagine after he came forward and all this happened, and he was scared for his life and
0: business. It's kind of rough to be in. And put through the ringer
1: by the public and stuff. Yeah. You know, put through the ringer for not believing him and thinking he's a fraud and a hoaxer and stuff. Like how hard that would be on somebody like that. Mm
0: -hmm. What were you going to say? Nothing.
1: No? Okay. So, what does Bob do today? Like you just heard, Bob owns his own scientific company called United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies, which basically sells a variety of materials, including radiation sensors, radioactive ores, non-radioactive elements such as pure silicone, powerful magnets, and other scientific equipment uh, to a bunch of uh, as well as a bunch of lab chemicals. So he he's clearly a smart guy, and anybody that says he's not a scientist, I just
0: laugh well, at
1: stupid. Seriously. Because he's He's absolutely yeah, he's absolutely a scientist and he has does have this company where he lives now I think it's in Michigan. I want to say but what's interesting is that um, They've definitely been washed which is they've definitely been watched by Authorities by law enforcement because it seems like they they do get busted a lot but anyways in 2006 Lazar and his wife joy were charged with violating the federal hazardous substances act for shipping restricted chemicals across state lines and that was that actually stemmed from a 2003 raid on the united Nuclears business offices where chemical sales records were examined now what's interesting is that in this film um they happen to be recording when bob gets raided by the fbi again and this is real and the fbi totally comes in and
0: yeah
1: searches through his whole like his little and it's just like a little Business. Yeah. It's not even like yeah. this huge operation or anything. No. But he's he's rated for the same type of thing. They're looking for sales records for some client that they're investigating um, that bought possibly hazardous chemicals from him. But Bob's like, hmm. Mm. Very suspicious. You could just call me on the phone and I'd yeah. give it to you. You know? Yeah.
0: Why have to raid?
1: I think this was probably one of the most interesting parts of, of the movie because it is very suspect, because it's like why is clearly the FBI is keeping tabs on him, and who knows who else? Because he said a bunch of different agencies just showed up at his business. Yeah. He was like about to open the door for the day, and then all of a sudden he was like boom, bo- boom, just bombarded by this huge raid.
0: Ugh, can you imagine? God, good morning.
1: <laughs> but kind of everybody's suspicion um about these raids stems from the fact that. Some of us out there believe that Bob, while he was working at S four, may have had the ability to, essentially, steal a piece of Element One Fifteen. Now
0: that's interesting to think about that he might have some of that shit. He got really weird about it too because they asked him, right? Very. He was like very
1: weird. You have to watch it to see his. It's
0: you can tell he knows something or has it or something, something.
1: and obviously he doesn't want to say anything on camera or anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, you would think you would just laugh it off, but he's like taking it very seriously. So, some people believe that maybe the FBI is trying to catch Bob and catch the element 115 that he has. Because, Mm -hmm. according to him, the stable version of this element can create this anti-gravity propulsion system. Which Which would change everything. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about that for a sec? How... This inner, you know, it that's why you know the real story here is and, and what Bob even said is not that Maybe these craft are, you know, it's just that the technology aliens. could
0: exist Because that would that would change. Yeah, everything cars everything the way that we have it would be different. So It's kind of like big information to keep secret
1: right And if, if he has this, I mean, what is he doing with it?
0: I Don't know. I Mean he seems like a ballsy dude. So
1: he does man. He's like not scared of of all at all about it God,
0: what if he like secretly was building his own spacecraft and he's like planning to just fucking peace out? He and his wife like hop on he heads off to Zeta reticula
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting though because Tom DeLonge talked about this element 115 quite a bit Yeah, he did and it makes me wonder that like what if Bob is somehow working with Tom DeLong's company or something. Like, I wouldn't oh, be surprised sure he if is. he's involved with them.
0: Well, they are. He's writing his biography or Autobi- autobiography. He's just
1: publishing it, though. Cause, like, part of publishing
0: it, whatever. But still, they're clearly working together in that ex- aspect.
1: It's just so interesting. Cause, like, part of, well, part of Tom's company is like a media company. It's coming out with films and music or movies and books and things like that about just about the UFO subject. But the major part of it is this, like, aerospace think tank that's researching this type of technology right now like tom delong's even talked about technology that they have that could have the ability to time travel and all these different things yeah and that this element 115 is absolutely real and the government absolutely had it and has this ability to create this craft that can you know warp space time and go light years away In a short amount of time because you can literally just go straight there. You don't have to you know, you can completely Avoid all of that all you know normal Space flight. What are you doing? (laughs) Taking a picture of the bunny. Oh my god. Oh, she's kind of cute. She looks
0: really cute
1: So yeah, so I mean that's kind of of Bob's story in a nutshell I mean obviously there's there's probably a lot more details that are out there about What he experienced, but I mean that's as much as that I've seen about What he actually did there, and obviously we don't know—we don't know 100% if Bob actually worked at Area 51 or at S4. Like, but come on, he
0: fucking did. Like, I'm—it's annoying, honestly. Like, he clearly did. Why would he? Why would someone make that up? How would he have known about S4? How would he have known about Area 51? How would he have known about the hand scanner? How would he known about Element 115? There is no way this shit just came to him, and he got some like a couple lucky guesses. Like, okay, yes, you can talk about his education. You can talk about whatever else or the false stuff or the alien, you know, kind of miscommunication that he had. But at the end of the day, he knows some shit, dude. You can't deny it. You can poke holes in him and just, you know, criticize him as a human. But
1: Yeah, and I mean, he he reinforces your belief by just saying, like, I really don't care like what you, you know, whether or not you think I'm lying or not. Yeah. Because I know it's true and it's real and. I'm just trying to like he does help. have so much evidence and and uh, just People that can corroborate his story and can and you know, George Knapp the reporter from Las Vegas I mean he's been re it, he was like he was quoted as saying like if I knew that Bob yeah. Lazar was lying I wouldn't have he's like I would not have wasted my time all these years on this story. Yeah well, Yeah, and this is a guy this is a reporter. That's won awards and everything. he's very well respected and he's like I absolutely believe like Bob's story, like uh, as far as the fact that he was back engineering this extraterrestrial spacecraft and, you know, whether or not I, I think everybody's kind of most, I don't know, unbelievable fact about his story is the whole alien thing about seeing an alien. And I think partly a lot of it's been kind of twisted and kind of retold in different versions over the years about bob like seeing an alien but i mean he was asked in the in the documentary like yeah bob did you see an alien s4 and he was like no i didn't see
0: he said probably not he's like i thought for a second that maybe but right through the window. the more i think about it yeah no so yeah <laughs> i mean i think he's a legit dude he just seems like someone's dad like he's like so fucking mellow he there's is. no way he just like made all this up and got all that all of it, right? Like
1: <laughs> and why he's like yeah, there's not people dumping buckets of money at my house or anything Yeah, and
0: yeah. I mean what whether or not the whole like Zeta reticula Right and he doesn't know if they're
1: real So And again, yeah, exactly. He was just telling us what he read right and I don't even know if he believes that the documents are real or not honestly in my opinion, I think Bob probably thinks that those were there to as like disinformation to, to try just to, to throw him off throw him off or like give him some fake Make story foolish That if he was gonna go and tell tell all to the world <laughs> that at least it's this you know Government written version yeah. of it that fits their narrative. So I don't know It's a big what if and I mean a lot of people are skeptical of it You know people call him everything in the book and call him a liar and this and that but I think there is far too much evidence to suggest that he at least worked at this secret base S4 in Area 51 and got a chance to work on these highly advanced extraterrestrial spacecraft. I mean, god. And honestly, what seems more unbelievable to me is like the this craft was either craft that was cr- crash-landed and recovered somewhere in the US or it was already man-made. Because it had already been back-engineered years before.
0: I mean, that's possible, too. But I think, like, if they had back-engineered something, would they really have, like, made little seats again?
1: Yeah, that's true. Why didn't they remake it for?
0: (laughs) No. And I think the fact they brought him in to even look at it means that they didn't, they, like, wanted some more eyes on it to, like, figure out what the fuck was going on with it. True. So. It's
1: weird, though, that they would have let him see the seats in the craft.
0: Yeah. It
1: is and not and maybe they're I don't know. That's what's so weird about it and then Give them the narrative of the you know grays or whatever that can literally fit in these seats and pilot Pilot the craft. So yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting But I mean as you can probably see this is this is a huge story in the UFO community. It's very controversial
0: Like fits in well with the rest of the narrative though, you know, it's just like it's stories like these that just, like, confirm what I already think, you know? It's just so odd how many things overlap and, you know, mm-hmm. come on. There's there's a lot of truth here. So, it's fascinating stuff. It really is. Yeah. I would love to have Bob Lazar on. God, that <laughs> Dreaming be cool. big, but wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I don't know, Highly man. doubt he'd ever do it, but it would be sweet.
1: I don't know. I, I want to talk to, like, other ufologists, though, about Bob and see what they think, you know? It'd be yeah. interesting to hear, like, what... I'm sure they might have talked about it in the past, but yeah here like what do they think of that film and like him coming for like How much they think is believable and and what's not? But yeah, it's very interesting We definitely want to know what you guys think about Bob's story and and uh, if you're interested in in learning a bit more or hearing more from Bob himself definitely check out uh, the documentary Bob Lazar area 51 and flying saucers by uh, Jeremy Corbell uh, it's definitely a decent documentary to give I you a good pretty look well done. at it. Yeah, it was interesting. It, it
0: was like a, a tad bit over-dramatized at parts, but...
1: I mean, it's a low-budget film. The
0: main thing is that's interesting is just hearing him talk, his interviews. So if anything, just watch it for Bob because he's got a lot of interesting shit to say. And I think if anything, just seeing for yourself yeah. his mannerisms and the way he is is really important. So I for sure wouldn't let this be the last of your... You know, research on Bob Lazar. Definitely check out the documentary for sure.
1: Yeah, and to just final conclusions, I think that for the for the most part, I think Bob's story is likely true, and I think yeah, he said that, probably yeah. no. I, I'm just saying that he likely did work at these bases, and if anything, I think maybe at the time he might have embellished a little bit on some of the alien stuff or whatever. Um, just because yeah, maybe it, he added more details. It was like a little like I don't know, maybe he's trying to. Spruce up the story a little bit. I don't know. I mean, who knows? It's just me guessing, but But I think at the end I think there's enough enough things to tie him to that place as well as Los Alamos and you know the the whole thing about his college uh Education is very weird. So, you know, it'd be interesting to hear him Answer like where's your diploma or something like that? That's what I would ask him was like, where's your I don't know if anybody's heard him say that let us know but That's really the only like <laughs> big question mark that. He because otherwise, yeah.
0: That is the big question mark because it is very odd. It is really odd. doesn't make a lot of sense. But at the same time, we do know that these government agencies pull some bullshit. So
1: they do pull some bullshit. And it's totally.
0: Some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely pull some bullshit. <laughs>
1: bullshit, man. And on
0: that note, we're going to be done with this bullshit for today.
1: Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. Yes. If you liked it, episode let 50. us know. Episode
0: 50, yes. By smashing the thumbs up, giving a comment, letting us know.
1: Please do. But we'll wrap it up here today, guys. Thanks for listening and, and joining us. We and
0: have a um, crime episode coming next, just so you guys know.
1: Yes. Getting back into our uh, detective.
0: Detective hats. Taking off the alien hats, putting yeah. back on the detective hats.
1: And diving into a uh, very interesting one. So.
0: Very popular case. Oh, and the bunny is on the loose.
1: All right, guys. We will see you guys next week. Take care.